This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller and his guy Friday, Christian Blatt. What's up, Hiroshi? Let's light this candle. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Miller. Hey, folks. Welcome to the Dennis Miller Podcast, where we concentrate on one thing and one thing only. The podcast. It is the medium of the present day. Nothing else matters. Right. It has gone by terrestrial radio. It has gone by... Uh, ham ham radio, for sure. Ham radio, CB. Breaker, breaker. By the way, I'm having lunch with Greg Evigan. He told me the bear <laughs> couldn't make it. What about the TV? Are we not... We're not paying attention to that either, right? Oh, sorry. I... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah, let me get that. First, energy <laughs> <laughs> it was a nearly total Very flop helpful. at first, but a huge bet on natural gas. I, uh, I hear the news about T. Boone Pickens, yeah. He uh, used to be on the radio show. Yeah, I did his birthday party right. one night. I was telling Lindsay that before <laughs> we started. I've never seen anything. Uh, well, I don't want to use that word. The guy just croaked, but it was a big shebang, man. Yeah. It was I and Catherine McPhee. Sure. She was with her... Uh, Old husband. I got sort of a weird vibe there. Apparently so did she. That's the reason they got divorced. <laughs> but they had a little Spengali to him. Now she's with the Foz. I saw them at a benefit for something where I performed and uh, Foz performed and uh, they were happy as clams. So. You mean uh, Fozzie Bear from the Muppets? <clears throat> exactly. Oh, she was dating David Foster for a while, but she left. <laughs> uh, I think had an affair with the two old guys from the Muppets up in the... And Statler and Waldorf, yeah. yeah. Is that their name? Yeah, Statler and Waldorf. Yeah. Ah, I didn't know that. They're two of my favorite <laughs> fictional characters of all time. And I love the fact that the cab driver and the other guy back in uh, It's a Wonderful Life are called Bert and Ernie. I do like that. <laughs> and I guess, uh, obviously, a sweet memory for Jim Henson. And I love that scene where Jimmy Stewart and... Uh, Maybe it's Bert and Ernie are talking on the street, and Gloria Graham walks by, young Gloria Graham, who's always been a sexy woman in movies, and ended up winning an Oscar, by the way, an unlikely one for The Bad and the Beautiful, where she played uh, the uh, college professor's, uh, is his name Dick Powell, his wife. She's really great in them. But uh, she walks by in a dress, and they go, and uh, something like that, a cat call. So, you know, this is pre-all, you know. The movie would have stopped there if they were to be imprisoned or ruined or had their cab medallion taken. You know what I mean? You yeah. can do that today. It's a it's a tense life, I guess you would call the, it. The but, world uh, was much less woke in 1952. Yeah, I think somebody said, do you look good? And I know, like I said, movie overstopped, director, <laughs> prison. But at the time, she just turned around and said, this old thing? Uh uh, about her dress, she's a. I only wear this when I don't care what I wear. Some some, some r- really existentially horny comment, and then she continues to walk away. And they look at each other. And I love this move. The cab driver says, "I'm going to go home and see what the wife's doing." See, those were the days where you could still get an erection and uh, you not want to bonk the uh, <laughs> the woman on the street. Yeah, isn't that a capper like move? I'll go see what the wife's doing. And he hops in the cab, <laughs> double times it away. Or you go home and, uh, you know, the erection is, uh, is, 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 I don't even want to go there. Not anymore. 
No, I, I give up. Um, so what are we doing today, Christian? Well, I, I always refer to my erection as T-Boom Pickens. But anyway, uh, I wanted to... <laughs> because it shows up once every 91 yeah. years. Well, it's because it tried... Ba, ba, ba. It's because it tried wind farming, but it couldn't make any money off of it. <laughs> I remember when you had that vast array <laughs> out near Victorville uh, of uh, yeah. five ceiling fans yeah, hooked up to a cable that ran into your urethra. And, uh, that was short-lived yeah. because uh, <laughs> your wife wanted to go with solar panels. Well, and my wife, crazy as she is, she wanted a real man, so... Uh. <laughs> None of us get what we want. So there's that. So there was that. Uh, a little later in this very show, we'll be talking to our friend Kurt Schlichter, who we haven't talked to in a little while, and uh, he'll be calling in in about 10 minutes. Well, he's intrigued that he, he, he goes by Schlick. Uh, the only other guy I remember with that name is, remember the betting quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes, Arch Schlichter? Oh, yeah, that's true. He, he does go with the, the Schlick. He went with yeah. Schlick. Yeah. You can get out of a lot of, uh, you know, double takes just going with Schleister. But Schlichter um, sounds like a uh, a Great Lakes region beer. Barkeepy, <laughs> Rolling Rock, and a Schlichter. <laughs> um, so um, what else is up in the world? Uh, you see any of this? I watched some snippets of this debate between uh, Ted Cruz and uh, Alyssa Milano. Right. Or as, uh, as uh, my favorite Pepperidge Farm brand, the Alyssa Milano's that have no <laughs> filling. But anyway, Ted and her had a debate after she starts it off. You know, they always talk about how conciliatory they want to be. Please come together. And then the whole thing, it's like when I walked out on Jimmy Kimmel and he said, what is wrong with you? You know, it, they say things that you can't believe that they don't hear themselves saying. It's so rude. And she said, uh, I, want, uh, I want to meet you and have you try to sell this bullshit to my face. I want to look you in the eyes and see if there's any humanity there. And so this is what Ted Cruz has to put up with and just say, yes, I'll sit with you. He sits with her civilly for an hour. And uh, she brings two other people, which to me is, uh, I don't know, isn't that antithetical to the debate process? Is, is the debate process a tag team thing where you get in trouble? She uh, immediately goes into the tear gear early on. Mm -hmm. And uh, Cruz is... In the clips I saw, and I, I think the headline said that he remained calm, cool, and collected. I guess he realizes it would be an A-bomb on a gnat, you know, if he dropped it on her. <laughs> so he rolls with it. And uh, she, uh, you know, she's crying. The other two people are talking court cases with him. And then halfway through the thing, you know, she's talking about having panic attacks. And, uh, and then she concedes that she keeps two loaded guns in her household for protection. Whoa. After all this, yeah, and you, boy, they are they are so blind between the uh, private jets and telling you that you know through the new green deal that there should not be commercial air travel, hopefully within a decade, and then t everything I've read about Alyssa Milano is so mean and nasty, and the guise of being a humanist uh, about the intellectual decision. Uh, that she wishes there weren't any guns in the country. Or, and then she she has two loaded guns in her house for protection. And it just amazes you that I, I guess that's the key over there is you don't you, you have such intercompartmentalization 
that it's like Ice Station Zebra or something when uh, the tube blows because somebody put bubble gum on the lock and they have to seal it off. You know those doors where you shut it and then spin it real hard? I guess liberals have that in their head that they don't hear some of this stuff. And uh, I read the funniest comment, uh, somebody immediately, and boy, there, there's both poison and it's the new Algonquin on commenters, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, you read things periodically, like uh, it, it'll only be a few I, when I, before I'll get a comment about uh, somebody wishing me ill or something. So there's the poison part of it. But then it is the home of pithy now. Somebody said, wow, panic attacks and two loaded guns in the house. Somebody ought to red flag her. <laughs> you know, they're pushing for yeah. these red flag sure, laws. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. Oh, that made me laugh out loud. It's true. Yeah. That's what they could do now, I guess, is you call the cops. I, I don't know. Is there some sort of red flag protocol? I'm sure there is. But, you know, at the end of the day, somebody's going to. Uh, or I'm not even sure there is. What, what is, how do you red flag somebody? Can you call the cops and say, I've got a woman in my neighborhood who's out of work to a large degree. Uh, it, it has, I've heard her say she has panic attacks, and I've also heard her concede that she has two loaded guns in her house. I'd like to red flag her. And I'm worried. Boy, she I wish I'd written that comment. Well, the commenter's name was uh, probably an alias anyway, so yeah. I can't give him credit. But or her credit. Nah, it was a him. And uh, what'd you say? What do you mean by that, Dennis? We can write jokes too. That's right. I just can't lead my life like I'm in, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Quebec, and I have to put the ingredients to sweeten low in French on the packet too. I can't do the woman men thing every day of my life, you know, on every single issue. I'm sorry, Christian. I talked over you. Well, uh, the moment well, is... Well, and the thing I'm saying... <laughs> <laughs> the, the moment has passed a little Fished bit. in. But Fished uh, in. I, the, I would uh, call the red flag also because uh, she's been known to just sort of follow Judith Light home from Trader Joe's every once in a while, just hoping to find some more work. What is that? What well, that, that was from mean? Who's the Boss? And it oh, was that's in right. That, that was the show she was the young girl. Yeah, with, with uh, Tony Danza, yeah. Do you think at that point in her career with her agents in her ear and everybody telling her she was so lovable that uh, she would have ever conceded in her head that at this moment in time, Tony would be getting more work than her? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think she thought she was on the come, right? And she certainly must have said, well, geez, yeah. I'll have 20 years there. Well, And Tony's out there with uh, Bonnie Franklin doing a tribute to the Nicholas Brothers, Tap Kings, where... Uh, <laughs> I think they're both in the tap world, aren't they? Yeah. I think um, so. Tony. And, and by the way, when did vaping, and we're going to be joined by Clert, uh, Clert, Clert yep. Schlichter. <laughs> Him too. Jesus, I can get you in trouble. Um, Kurt Schlichter will be with us in a second. But he wrote a brilliant column on global warming. Um, vaping, I guess, is moved by real cigarettes now. And you wonder who dropped a dime on vaping. And it, wouldn't you think it was somebody in the cigarette community? Well, I, I think that uh, you know they're you know, they'll have those silhouetted testimonials from people they don't want to identify, and the ones that I saw looked suspiciously like Joe Camel and the Marlboro Man. But <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> but I, I just saw them saying that they're enticing our children with flavored stuff, and uh, what, what? I don't even know what comprises children anymore. I know we pushed out the. Uh, if you're under forty, you're a child. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's yeah, good. That's you, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> We've pushed out health benefits to 26 under your family's thing. Maybe right. That's not the worst of it. But, you know, when kids ask me today uh, when they're graduating from college, which is never, 
I've got an awkward <laughs> joke here that I had to some somehow get into, so I had to feign that I have some intercommunication with young people. Um, <laughs> whenever they ask me what to expect when they get out of college, and I, I, I say to them, well, obviously you're moving home. That's the first thing I say. <laughs> obviously. And uh, if you're going to live in your parents' attic, you need to get a nice saline solution because it's very drying up there for the nasal passages. And if you live in your parents' basement, conversely, you have to get a neosinephrine because it's moist down there and you have to dry the nose. So that's my big advice if I gave a graduation <laughs> speech. And that's why I'm not. That's what I would tell them. Well, graduation's day's here, and you know what that means, kids. Moving home. <laughs> Moving into your parents. Like, that's the only thing yeah. you can concede about graduation is like, you know, for all the things about it being a stargate to the future. And you're about to you're about to get into your future and the long, beautiful trip that life is. Uh, but first, you have to cancel your phone number and mm -hmm. start giving your parents out again. Yeah. Silver Surfer. Because you are out there wild and free and <laughs> short of a, a curfew at age 22. It's all good. Um. <laughs> I just put a hammock in the backyard. Oh, I didn't want geez. to take up any space in the house when I graduated college. I, remind me, make a note to have me turn the TV off during the show. Because uh, does anybody else miss attractive people on commercials? Yes. <laughs> because I mean, if they're going to no. put ugly people in commercials, why aren't they looking at me? Yeah, because there's still commercials, which by in and of themselves are bothersome, right? Certainly. But now they don't even have attractive people on them. Mm -mm. Not anymore. It's all about the types and that and checking yeah. boxes and maybe everything looks like, uh, you know, uh, the circular table at the UN. And I'm just saying, fine, uh, I, I realize I live in the future and it's more about allocations and all that. But can we can we pick attractive? Uh, I guess not. It's not what they're selling in hot pants and a clip dancing. Uh, I, I, I thought it was Alex Karras for a second. <laughs> Her name's uh, Lizzo or Rizzo? Or Have you seen her? I don't know if I know uh, Lizzo or Rizzo. I mean, I remember Rizzo in uh, in Greece. In Greece, yeah. Well, this could be bacon grease here because this is a big <laughs> gal. Uh, look, look her up, Christian. Is it? Li well, let me try Lizzo first. She's hot now. She's uh. uh well, Lizzo is uh, someone who. Uh, well, okay, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, it's a big. Big girl, big right? girl, but you know, I, I, I've I've no, up, I've woken up. Next, I missed it. I've woken up next to worse. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. not lately. <laughs> it's wow. been a while. Gosh, what? Oh my God. I just told you I lived in a hammock in my parents' backyard after college. You know, so come on. JC, are you, you sometimes you're so awkward. You sound like a Bob Guccione Jr. editorial at the front <laughs> spin. I always I read your column, but I never thought it would happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Penthouse, <laughs> it was Lenny, the stable guy, and he was highly unstable. <laughs> um, now, this is interesting. I'm reading in, in sports-related news. People always wonder what goes on the other side of that canvas, and... Uh, uh, evidently, they revealed somebody got a, a screen snap of the inside of a NFL concussion protocol tent. Okay. And uh, you go in there and Biden's there. And you play three <laughs> trivia questions. And if he beats you, you can't go back into the game. 
You know, we all say you can judge a book by its cover, but uh, how often have you read a book with a crap cover? <laughs> you don't. We notice everything nowadays. Most of us don't do that anymore. You should judge a book by its cover to some degree. It's the tertiary information that we're given about each other that takes you to the next chapter of the book or the person in front of you. I want to talk to you about that bag over your shoulder. You still carrying that old college backpack to work or around town? You know, shaky that looks, you're pro, you're in the game now. You've got to get that together. Time to grow up, look the part, and get yourself a Daniels briefcase. All right, so maybe you're not rich enough to get the $8,000 briefcase that some of the swells have, but Daniels is a nice way station on the way to that. It's a New York City-based men's leather briefcase brand that's making boys look like men one bag at a time. The best part is you can afford the bag before you land the big job. By cutting out the middleman, selling directly to you, Daniels is able to offer high-quality luxury briefcase at the incredibly reasonable price of 195 bucks. I have mine. It's cool. I'm going on the uh, road to Toronto, tell some jokes up in the Great White North, and I'm going to wear it across the border. And I tell you, when I walk into Canuck Town, they will hit their knees and bow before me. Comparable to luxury brand names, starting prices are closer to 500 for them. The leather is really high quality. The look is uh, current. Let me say that. Nobody wants to walk around like you're working for the fucking Pony Express. It's perfect <laughs> to transition from work day to date night if you need to bring it with you. And all the attendant things in the bag for the date. Carries everything I need. This week, my listeners can get 25 bucks off their Daniels briefcase at DanielsNYC.com. DanielsNYC.com. When you get there, you got to use the promo code MILLER at checkout. That'll get you 25 bucks off one of their leather briefcases. Plus, they offer free shipping. That's DanielsNYC.com. Promo code MILLER. 25 bucks off a beautiful, handcrafted, high-quality leather briefcase with free shipping. What more do I have to tell you? Ditch the old backpack, start looking like a pro. DanielsNYC.com. I love their leather briefcases. I love mine, and I'm confident you will too. Uh, Antonio Brown, now facing rape accusations, and uh, indeed, just uh, accusations at this point, no charges, but uh, I'm just surprised that the Patriots are in because it seems like a long day. And I don't mean to sit there and go, I'm just trying to figure why the Patriots, uh, you know, I, I read an interesting article that said this was the concede all the way. And I can see that now in a way that uh, Brown wanted out of Oakland from day one, probably to sign with the uh, the Patriots. Because sure. uh, the room, the word on the street is, and some guys like Schefter, and uh, they, they have pretty good sources that... Uh, the and, and I don't believe that he has any good sources in New England because I think uh, that's priority one for Belichick to keep it all in-house. But uh, the Steelers probably have a looser camp, and somebody revealed that the Patriots at one point had offered a one for Antonio Brown as opposed to a three and a five that wow. Oakland got him for. So if they offered a one, that's a big, big ticket. And they probably have history with Randy Moss and helped them win a... I don't know if Moss did win. Yeah, I, I think so. Did, yeah, I don't think it was the undefeated season. I, uh, well, the undefeated season where they got defeated by the Giants. <laughs> but uh, um, if if that's the case, then maybe this is this game has been foot for 
ages, and he just was surprised at how permissive the Raiders were being with him and how he had to up the stakes. You know, he probably thought, geez, I can't believe I, you know, went to the pool house and slept with my feet in a mini freezer all night. You know, that whole thing about I went to a cryno chamber, he was probably, <laughs> that was uh, the home game. Came in with uh, literally, uh, my, my, my feet were, uh, you know, completely uh, looking for a word that's medical, screwed up. <laughs> and, uh, and they didn't whack me or find me and blah, 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 blah. And then you, and I whined about a helmet for, uh, yeah. all these days and <laughs> they still wouldn't whack me. I guess I had to get to the point where I walked past, uh, Mayock and said cracker or something. Yeah. And, uh, the, even that didn't get me whacked. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, he, maybe he did want out from day one to be with the Patriots because at some point, let's face facts, you you want to walk away with the ring, and the Patriots are going to win the ring again because Belichick's smarter than everybody, and Belichick, you can certainly understand, is bloodless enough about it to think I I could care less if Josh Gordon wants to save his life, fine. If Antonio Brown wants to save his life, fine. And if they don't, fine. But now. You have to wonder about that locker room every day. You know, he he hates giving anything up to the press. And I, Christian, I always think when people are talking and they never leave a place for the guest, the host to get in and say, we've got a break or something, I always get pissed, so I don't want to do what I'm accused of. Is, uh, is our friend there? I believe Kurt Schlichter is with us now. Okay, then yeah. I'll hold May the rest of my calling? story. Oh, hi there. <laughs> we're, this is, uh, we're calling from Christian. <laughs> the Dennis yeah, Miller. Well, we're calling for Kurt Schlichter. <laughs> he gave me this number to call him at. And your name? But this is Christian from the Dennis Miller option. Give me one. Oh. <laughs> How's it going, my man? Placed. Schlick. Schlichter! Hey, hey, man, that, that uh, the global warming article just killed me. And, and you know, Kurt, uh, we're talking to Kurt Schlichter. I think he's the funniest and most informed uh, writer simultaneously. Listen, I still got to give uh, my man Victor Davis Hanson a freaking genius, but he doesn't write as funny as Kurt. But uh, Kurt is very informed, very funny, and you can find his stuff. Where do I usually go? Town Hall. I just saw a recent great global. And, you know, Kurt, I have the Newsweek magazine here in my office from 1976, I guess it is. It's not the cover story, but it's that mini insert on the top of the cover about global cooling. And literally, Kurt, I've highlighted a couple things in there. And they, they at one point say that we're going to have to deliberately drop coal dust on Antarctica to melt it because we, we need to for because it's global freezing. And I thought... Jeez, these people who think this whole epochal thing happens in a 40-year period just make me how. It's such hubris, isn't it? It, it, it certainly is. And, you know, I, my, when I was a kid growing up in San Mateo, California, my parents actually got Newsweek, so my house was like a dentist's office. And, <laughs> and I actually read that stuff. So I remember, I mean, I was, what, eight or something. And I, I remember that, and I'm like eight years old, and I'm going, eh, it's a grift. Eh, this is a con. I'm not buying any of it. Where's my juice box? <laughs> it's frozen. At that point, it was frozen. <laughs> it's frozen. I'm never going to be able to have my Welch's again. Oh. Well, the, the article was in the September 9th town hall uh, column. It's called Climate Change is a hoax. The word grift does pull up uh, a couple times in the article, and indeed, Kurt feels That's that a it's a great old-timey word, isn't it? Grift. Yeah. 
love yeah, that. it reminds me of uh, the Sting or something, you know. You're exactly. It makes me want to have a long mustache and lift uh, <laughs> triangular weights. Kurt said it's the second most staggering fraud ever perpetrated on the American people, only only exceeded by the unstoppable candidacy of Beto O'Rourke, who is a furry. It, it is so true. I, I want to get back to climate in a second, but can you remember before Buttigieg showed up as the uh, the avuncular judge and the moralist, can you believe they were actually pushing this Beto O'Rourke guy as the next Bobby Kennedy? It's so mortifying. Well, it, you know, he's Tex Kennedy. He's just as good a driver. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he has a mortality rate, but, you know, he's got time. <laughs> he can still grow. Do you find it amazing that Jack Kennedy, I believe, in Texas at one point, said that he wanted a man on the moon by the end of the decade? It actually happened the day after his brother took it off the bridge in Chappaquiddick and knocked it off the... It's, it's, I always thought Jack Kennedy was just being a futurist. It turns out he was just uh, circling the wagons on the family name to think that, to think what headline that would have been the next day with Chappaquiddick in it, and uh, and to think it was knocked off the page by the man on the moon coming to. Well, fruition. you know that's the kind of forward thinking and uh, uh, advanced yes. planning that, as a former army officer, I respect. Yeah, uh, Kennedy's holy cow. Imagine, you know. You know, the Corleones have the, you know, the Cuomos have Chris. <laughs> the Kennedys, the only one left is Ted. Okay, the best one dies in an airplane over the uh, uh, English Channel. The second best, you know, Dallas. The third best, well, you know, Los Angeles. And you're left with Ted. Ted's going to carry it on for you. Yeah, I do think, uh, listen, I read Senatorial Privilege. That book is a heartbreak, and it always makes me think, of the poor Kopechny sitting out there in Ohio, and uh, all of a sudden a smooth operator, a, a swell comes into their life, and then he's wearing a neck brace and their kids croaked after gagging in the back seat for three hours. It is an absolute heartbreak. In a, in a way, it's an allegorical disdain for the, 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 the ostensibly the heroes of the hoi polloi, the proletariat. They really do dislike the regular folks, don't they? Dennis, when do our betters start being better than us? Right. Is it, is it that too much to ask? Look, if you're going to act superior and you want the privileges of being superior and you want the power that comes with being superior, that's great. Be a little bit superior, but they're much, much, much worse. I mean, the Kennedys. I, I, they, you know, what, was Kennedy Irish for Caligula or Gaelic? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them marries a damn horse. <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, who's going to be shocked? Young, uh, young Jeffrey Kennedy uh, married a nag today at Nag's Head. Uh, they they met in rehab. Oh, Kurt. Um, let me let me ask you this. I saw something today that really delineates the swells versus the. Uh, the regular folks, the Norman Rockwell, the Litho folks out there. I don't know if you saw snips of the uh, Ted Cruz, Alyssa Milano. Uh, they had a tate the tate It was very Oh, dear civilized. God. I, I, I haven't had that. Look, I've been up since 11 o'clock last night because I guest hosted for Hugh Hewitt today. So if right. I'm a little punchy and I've missed some of our cultural touchstones, like the, the uh, Lincoln-Douglas-Milano-Cruz debate. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the unbelievable thing in in the middle of the in the middle of the debate, and it's it, Ted won't allow it to get down and dirty. She shows up with a couple aide de camps to lecture him. She's doing some tearful stuff, and Ted's being very civilized. But at one point, she she says in the middle of the thing, she says, 
Now, granted, I have two loaded guns in my house for protection. She says that out loud, and I'm thinking, boy, they they, they live so in the bubble where nobody's going to question them on anything. She just, in back-to-back sentences, say, I have panic attacks, so I have two loaded guns. And the first commenter I read, now talk about the wisdom of the commenters. This made me laugh out loud. He's there. Panic attacks and two loaded guns in the house? I call red flag alert. (laughs) (laughs) Is that uproariously funny? It's so true. It's like Pete Buttigieg. He's saying, climate's going to destroy us. You know, we've got to give up cheeseburgers. Uh, You know, but uh, Pete, you're the guy who flies the private plane everywhere. Yeah, but I'm important. Yeah, it is. Uh, We're on tenterhooks waiting for Pete to come and pronounce his theocratic uh, insight or theological insights. Uh, we're talking to Kurt Schlichter. The article that we're going to talk about specifically now, because we've got waylaid, but I always find him an eclectic intellect and you can go different threads with him. But September 9th, he had a column on Town Hall called Climate Change is a Hoax. Now, I remember years ago I was doing an HBO special and I was supposed to fly into McCarran Airport, which is built to take the most planes available to get people into the casinos. My pilot calls me. I chartered a small plane from Santa Barbara. He says, we have to call ahead and get a slot. Now, usually you hear the term slot in a ski community where they have a limited runway and they can only take so many people and you have to call ahead. I said, a slot at McCarran, what's that about? He said, well, there's a climate change telethon HBO is putting on in Las Vegas and every private jet west of the Mississippi is there. Now, I, that, that made me shake my head. I eventually ran into RFK Jr. at a party one night. And I brought that up and I said, listen, Bobby, I'm just asking you, can somebody not walk away from me or say that I'm uptight or I'm a right winger? Can you ask if you really believe it destroys the planet? How in God's name can you get on one? I get on one because I don't believe that. How do you get on one? He walked away. He said, obviously, you're uptight. Well, and obviously, how's he going to get his Coke if you can't fly? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you're really cutting into his action, man. Look, there's sacrifice and there's sacrifice. The caddies need their living in marching powder, and if you've got to give up your uh, SUV and your uh, prime rib, hey, man, that's a small sacrifice to uh, to pay to the Friday Follies down at, uh, you know, Fort Kennedy. <laughs> tell my tell my listeners, Kurt, uh, give, me, give me three big ones why on just – how much of a hoax climate change is? Well, number one, I want my ice age. I was promised an ice age. <laughs> I want my ice age. <laughs> I don't want to have to go to the fridge to, you know, get some uh, uh, rocks for my drinks. I, I, I want to be able to cut it from the, uh, you know, the, 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 the hanging icicles off my uh, South Bay, Los Angeles porch. Where's my ice age? The second <laughs> okay, thing so- is... First, there's the personal disappointment of the. the, the well, look, it's all about K. It's all about yes. me, man. I'm a right. trial lawyer. It's all about the Kurt. Secondly, um, the, the the second thing is, gosh, these guys are lucky because you get they get a crisis which is so important that you can't think about it. You can't be reflective. You can't, you can't do anything but immediately react by giving them all the policy prescriptions they couldn't talk you into otherwise. How lucky is that? Mm-hmm. How yeah, at the end that? of the day, I loved when you said in your article that it is uh, you know, a red center with a green exterior. And, and that is the truth. I can't believe they're asking for this much control over our daily lives, the well, food they, on they our want, table. Look, it's, it, it's all about power. 
power. And it always is. Every single one of these things, the same prescription. You got an ozone hole. Well, give me your money and freedom. Uh, well, acid, right? <laughs> you know what? Mm-hmm. Money and freedom. Ice Age, money and freedom. You know, here, here's, here's the third thing. What is the thing that they have to sacrifice that's important to them? Because of that, I, I know what I have to sacrifice, which is my money, my freedom. What do they have to sacrifice? Yeah, in nothing. many different areas, Kurt, I agree with you. Like, I often think, well, what about less violence in video games and movies? Now, I, 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 I'm not saying that's the complete problem. I think there's a myriad of problems, but I certainly think that that's a tributary that feeds into the main river. And I'm wondering, all these people who just want to start rounding up guns in a way and and you know i often think well if you're going to start let's just go to the highest crime rate areas that are marked uh in a double blind test where you don't know where you're going it'll probably be chicago first up you go there and start collecting guns but no that'll never be it but i often think why uh you know why so uh blind about real possible solutions cut back somebody say to hollywood Cut back a little on violence in movies, and God, they will paint you as an absolute nut for even thinking that, right? Well, look, the the thing is about all these public policy prescriptions, and every single left-wing policy leads to you giving up your freedom and you giving Mm -hmm. up your money. Every single one of them. And that's because it's not really policy, it's just a scam. Every single thing they do always ends up with them getting more money of ours and more power over us. And, you know, if any of their issues, if any of their crises required them to give up some, yeah, I've got to give up vinyl and kale, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd be like, oh, okay, now maybe that's a thing. But it never is. It's always, you've got to uh, ride a bicycle like a child. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a grown man. I want my BMW. <laughs> and your ice age. We're joined by retired Army infantry colonel with a degree from the Army War College. Which it was a party war college. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get that out there. I went to a war of the words college. <laughs> Current senior columnist for townhall.com. Kurt Schlichter. You can follow him on Twitter, and I highly encourage that at K-U-R-T-S-C-H-L-I-C-H-T-E-R, Schlichter. And uh, Kurt, uh, by the way, Kurt, I, I, I know that's a, uh, that's a much-desired spot since I find you so smart. So if you said a little earlier in the interview you guest-hosted his radio show this morning, that's quite a feather in your, uh, your cap because you just doesn't give that out to anybody. Good for you. I, I, yeah, well, I've got photos. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, I'm absolutely stunned. I'm just, you know, I'm just a simple country trial lawyer from Los Angeles. I'm just some suburban kid. You know, I grew up doing normal stuff. I mean, I, I did like, well, watching your specials when I was young. But, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, I'm just a normal guy. And then here I am. I get to do all these great things. Isn't this a cool country? I always think of you as a well-armed Scott Tarot. I wish I had got to row money. <laughs> that guy writes a laundry list he publishes that he's a bestseller. He's like Stephen um, King without the creepy baggage. <laughs> I have to bring up one last thing in the, the climate change article before we talk Biden a little. I thought it was so, it's so true, Kurt, that that Dorian stayed right off the coast for four oh, days. God. It was literally a stone's throw away. We couldn't predict it coming on. It was almost like the D-Day invasion getting pushed back and yet they're talking about 2057 
Exactly. The, I, I can't tell you in 24 hours, but give me, give me you know, 25 decades. I got it. It's, exactly. It's and then be as soon as you say that, degrees. climate's not weather. They kill you with that one. Yeah, uh, climate's, climate's not, not weather. weather. Weather's not climate. Unless it is weather. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm a lawyer. I try and do facts and evidence, you know, at least a little bit in court. Yeah, you know, people, you know, I've had jurors burst into laughter, not at me, at the other side, thank God. But, I mean, you know, normal people, the kind of people who answer for jury duty, who don't try and figure out a way to get out of it, who don't show up dressed, mm-hmm. you know, a Star Trek character or Beto, <laughs> you know, like a cartoon fox. Yeah, normal people see through stuff, and I'm just... I don't understand why these guys think they can push this scam on people. Yeah, you give guy give up your cheeseburgers because in 2044, hot chicks are going to have to wear fewer clothes. I know. Uh, well, uh, I would say is in, in legalese, prima facie, they're just completely full of shit. And I'm, I'm sure they're yeah, sitting somewhere in an uptight Keebler tree right now trying to figure out how the impossible <laughs> burger farts also will break down the plant. That's the new thing. They're going to have to they're going to have to MacGyver up a new explanation for the impossible burger farts. You know, I love that you uh, you took a little side route in the article about uh about Brexit. My theory on Brexit, Kurt, is that it's all about umbrellas. I think guys <laughs> under umbrellas in the rain in London going to the train station to work at a shit job that they didn't want to work at to support guys under Chinzano umbrellas taking four-hour lunches in Spain or Greece uh, got sick of it. It's a, it's a misuse of umbrellas. It's a brawly dispute, I think, was what he came down to. A brawly dispute. Exactly. It's, it's the war, the guys who went to Eton versus the guys who have to fix Jaguars. Now, admittedly, it's a Jaguar, so it's, you know, you've always got a job. But, uh, no, I mean, they have, you know, they have a very obvious class system, and I think our, our dubious elite here is trying to impose one upon us. And, again, it doesn't work. You know, back in the olden days in Britain, you know, if you had somebody who was an upper class, he was standing in front of the firing line when the Zulus were coming. He wasn't in the, he wasn't in the rear yelling at you because you're using the wrong pronouns. No. Right? I mean, at the end of the day, these guys, you know, they went over the top with the boys. And, you know, they were snobby and kind of prejudiced and kind of jerky sometimes and a little condescending. But at the end of the day, you know, they got their heads hacked off by the headhunters. Just yeah, like, it's like the Tommy the Limey. But it's the joy of America that your southern twang should not impinge upon you in the same way that a cockney would impinge upon you in the mother country. You know what I mean? Bingo. That's why... That's why we're over here. So the, to attempt to reinstitute that, it almost seems like the Dems are the new Tories or something. In a, in yeah, a the, I, yeah I, I refuse to accept the uh, tyranny of the mid-Atlantic accent. <laughs> you know, <laughs> frankly, most of these guys can't do a damn push-up. I'm not going to take their advice. No, <laughs> Kurt, I read a great book once about Truman Capote, and he used to like to date rough trade. And there's this great scene in there <laughs> where... <laughs> They're, no, but they're Truman all Capone over. Rough trade was actually my spoken word acapella band. I, I know, I, that, that was my CV <laughs> handle. But they were all over. They were in the Amalfi Coast with the, all these uh, French, uh, Italian people, and he had brought over a air conditioning mechanic from Jersey who was, you know, fit his Stanley Kowalski thing. And everybody was making fun of them. Entire dinners were comprised of them putting out witticisms and pithisms and putting their hand over their head because he didn't get it. He was sort of the troglodyte. And halfway through the week, the, the AC kicks out. He's the only fucking guy who actually knows how to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and he, t- and he, he cruised off to Sorrento to take shots with the girls. 
Yes. Like all of a sudden, they're all sweating their ass off. And, you know, Countess and he, and Daisy says. And Bella and, uh, yeah. and Maria. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey! I got your Amalfi Coast right here, lady. Right here, my friend. Right here. Um, <laughs> lastly, <laughs> I just want to talk about uh, Biden a little. Now, to be Biden, as oh, I said on the show before, he is—he is, he is like three days away cripple. from. Yeah, he's, he's bib adjacent, is what I like bib to call adjacent. him. You know, I, I. What a sad decline of a sadly declined person. Um, who, you know, when Biden's your best hope, that's like uh, being on the Titanic and somebody's hanging, you know, handed you, <laughs> I know. handed you a medicine ball. Use this. Christ, I mean, to think that this man, as I often say to me, forget president, he should be the third guy in a car on a Sonic commercial. This man went into the bubble <laughs> when he was 29 years old. He's now in his fifth decade of quote-unquote helping me, and I always just want to absolve him of that uh, responsibility. Joe, just take their last five years and either travel or get a gig on your own. Quit fucking helping me. Oh, my and, God. 50 years of success. I'd like, I, th- that's my challenge to people like Joe Biden and the elite. Since uh, September 12, 2001, name an achievement of our elite. It's the shortest conversation ever. It's a great way to make people stop talking to you. Name an achievement of our elite. Well, there was Iraq. Well, then there was Wall Street. Obamacare. You know, we used to have an elite that was at least sort of elite. You know, back in 1776, they've got, you know, you got George Washington. He's beating the British and they're writing the Constitution. And here he's like, well, I've got an app. Well, certainly you see that uh, the, the criteria has changed for what constitutes. It doesn't even mean anything anymore. Folks, let's face facts. George Washington made this country, and then when they said, we want you to lead it, he said, I'd rather not do that, until they said, no, no, we really need you to congeal around. So uh, nowadays, like like Kurt said, not only was Warhol prescient with the 15 minutes, everybody will be famous, he was almost p- pessimistic, because you can do it in 15 seconds right now with a certain tweet. John Legend, Chrissy Teigen, people like that. All you have to do this morning, I saw somebody called Trump a bitch, and they're famous. That's all you have to do. It's, uh, it is diminished times, man. Yeah, take that, Trump. Chrissy <laughs> Teigen, whoever she is. Wasn't, wasn't she one of uh, 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 Stephen Hawking's acolytes? She advanced string theory. <laughs> My work in gravitational waves has revolutionized. The, the, you know, who is this woman? <laughs> All right. It's good to get my brain scrubbed out by the great (laughs) Kurt Schlister. I I always uh, talk to him and enjoy my my, uh, time with him. Senior columnist for townhall.com. And congrats on now sitting in and look for him in the future, folks. I hope uh, Hugh picks up on it and runs because I'd love to listen to Kurt over there. Kurt Schlichter, thank you for coming on the show, Kurt. We'll talk to you down the road. Thanks for having me, you guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um. That was a little loquacious, wasn't it? No. Why, why would you even say that? You, you can see that every time I get off an uh, interview, I feel uptight. Yeah. but I'm uh, not good at talking to people, Christian. In my, in my real life, I don't talk a lot. I thought, when, I, thought when that, I do it for simulation, and I like Kurt. Yeah. None of that's feigned, but I, 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 I'm an uneasy interactor with people. I either try too hard 
or get uh, too quiet. And invariably, when I get off this, I either feel morose. When I get off an interview, I feel a little morose or a little like, why'd you have the guy on if you're going to talk over him? So no, no, no. He calls me. in. He calls in to talk with you, and you guys had a had a great chat. Uh, Three of my laughs were not fake during that segment, so that's how you know <laughs> it was good. Um, before we run, before we run out of time, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, nuclear walrus John Bolton. Oh, well, see if John will come on. Well, now he probably will. <laughs> the last couple of years, he's been busy. But uh, uh, ironically, now that he's bombed, <laughs> <laughs> I had to bomb something. I don't know who. Uh, you know, it's funny to me is that uh, even in these uh, in the highest levels of power in the world that. Uh, he fired me or I quit is important. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I mean, it's clearly important I mean, to both just, of them. It, it, <laughs> adult is, it, you know, it's just adult grade school. And uh, I don't know. The thing about Trump is you have to say this. After years of this now, three and a half years, you know it's going to happen. He must be intriguing to people in that they're still surprised that it happens. Like uh, that he would, you know, the people would say, Oh, leave it to Trump to say that it's uh, he fired him instead of, you know, uh, why does he punch down? He just does. <laughs> It'll never change. I, I swear to God on his uh, last day in office, I don't know who he's going to let go at that point. I think he'll let go. I think Manafort will be out before then. But uh, he'll do something to wind people up. Like, uh, you know, he'll uh, pardon. I don't know. Who's the person he could pardon? You know, that would piss people off the most. He could he could re here, here's what Trump will do on his last day. He'll re-arrest that uh, Mark Rich guy's corpse <laughs> and then pardon it again. <laughs> Just exhume him yeah. on the second to last day of his presidency, prop weekend and Bernie's him up, you know, somewhere, and then sign a presidential pardon and then throw him back in the grave again. That'll be Trump's <laughs> final gesture on his way out the door. <laughs> but into it with uh, the nuclear walrus, John Bolton. And maybe we'll try to get John on, although I think he'll probably take it to the grave. But listen, I, the, the first time I met John was in the English countryside at some beautiful resort. He belonged to some group I was speaking to over there, believe it or not. That'll show you the uh, decline of intellectualism in the world. <laughs> think, uh, they used to fly, not fly. I don't think planes existed, but they used to. Wooden ship Dickens across the Atlantic yeah. to speak to groups in America. Now they're flying me into the British countryside to do uh, the International House of Pancakes. I said to my syrup steward, <laughs> at a pretty good price, too. And I met John there, and I know he likes the social ramble. Yeah. He, he dug that whole scene infinitely more than I did. And he likes standing on a on a nice balcony at sunset. With a nice drink in his hand and wearing sort of a preppy look is how I remember him. And he was a nice guy. Yeah. But he digs that. And I think it's important to him to establish a little turf on the way out the door for his uh, his price. Yeah. Well, what I guess John's price will be now after he's served inside Trump. See, it's a beautiful play for him because he can now get hired by people who want him to rat fuck Trump. You know, Donald Segretti, that play. Yeah. Or he can get hired uh, by conservative groups. What's it like inside there? And all he has to do is say some prefigal note uh, that I want to one group say, I will rip Trump a new asshole. And to the other group say, I will not rip him a new asshole. And I would guess his price now has gone before this yeah. whole thing. I'd say his price was 15 yeah, that sounds about to, right. To 20 for a speech. Sure. And I'd say his price now will be, they'll start at 50 and it'll take 45. Yeah. 
And how many of those a year can he get now? I'd say two a month. Yeah. So 25 times 45. He's got a million dollars now in speaking engagements. And then he'll have Plus, the book deal, too. Right. Two first-class rounds. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I know. Uh, good point. show business too long. <laughs> and uh, at least a junior suite. And I don't think he'd get per diem because these are one-nighters and they don't want to give you the keys of the kingdom because, you know, they wake up the next day. It's like they gave Sharpton per diem yeah. one day and all of a sudden the mini bar and, the, you know, the walls <laughs> were knocked out. Other people's mini bars sucked dry by some sort of on-the-cuff on horta <laughs> just going down the hall taking bottles of mini Seagrams to be resold in the black market. So they'll give but, him like uh, a $20 Hardee's gift card. He'll be all right. Something like that. Yeah. So I, I think uh, I think John's good for a mill now. And that's pretty nice dotage. Like you said, a book deal. I don't uh -huh. think he gets all that much on them. Probably a big back end. Yeah. And uh, but uh, probably up front, six hundred grand. And it depends if they if he if he'll just flat out say something about Trump that's uh, pretty evil, eight hundred grand. But mostly yeah. back end on it. But the nuclear walrus has set himself up for a nice dotage, and I don't even say that in a mean way. I like John. I'm glad he's going to get. No, yeah. All I know is this: uh, Trump gets to fire him, and uh, <laughs> you know. And if he doesn't fire him, he gets to say he fired him. And yeah. I want you out there who's listening to this, tell me about the watching Trump for three and a half years. You think he didn't fire him? <laughs> Do you not know that he sets his clock to fire somebody five seconds before they're about to quit? I mean, that's the juice for him. What was his so catchphrase on TV? Come on. Yeah. I'd have to say he fired him. <laughs> and I don't know who's going in there. But uh, I want to throw my hat into the ring. Oh, please do. <laughs> if they want me to be, uh, what was Bolton? Wasn't even <laughs> National, Secur Defense, National Security Advisor. NSA, National Security. Yeah, I'll do that job. I'd prefer Secretary of Defense. but That'll open up um, soon, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, if I was Secretary of Defense, I'd get all these old bowling pins and just fly over countries <laughs> we hate and drop bowling pins. <laughs> you know, it's like, sort of like Dresden meets Dick Carter. And uh, I don't mean the Dresden Lounge, you know, no. later. Uh, That's where you can anyway, find me um, on Friday night, swing dancing. <laughs> <laughs> in 1997. Oh, I remember when you timeshared with Slim Jim Phantom down in Hermosa that summer. Yeah, uh, rock this town, rock <laughs> it inside out. You he taught you to stand on the bass in that little groove, and he was dating Britt Eklund at that moment. I remember you were dating Maude Adams. God, you were young, you were crazy, you were on the road. Um, all right, um, what are we doing? Anything well, else? We're, we're any out, letters? We're out of time letters. for... <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Any letters? laughs> oh, oh, look, here comes the uh, messenger pigeon, but uh, we'll have to save it for next time because we are we are out of time. We're, we have no messages. You know what I love about the messenger pigeon? You're sitting there in the late afternoon and you're wondering what to do with the rest of your day and a bird flies in with a message from a loved one and then you hit it over the head with a hammer and put it in a squab for dinner. That's the beauty of the messenger pigeon. You can't do that with a text. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.